Hi, this is Brian from Heretic, and you are experiencing Puppet's Corner. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Puppet's Corner. And uh, just finished a live show with Insecticide. 15,000 people here tonight. Yeah, I think we're... crowd is just emptying out, so it's finally quieted down, and I think the band was backstage signing merch and all kinds of stuff, so... um, We're hoping we can get a few of the members out here. Sherman, where you at? Hello. Oh, hey, there they are. Oh, man. Crap. Wow. Well, you know what? Let me me switch spots so you guys can sit down here. That's awesome. Good night, we, Cleveland. Insecti- we, are, we are being infiltrated by insecticide right now. Quiet on the set. <laughs> <laughs> We're having some, some fun here, broadcasting out of... Uh, Thanks for keeping my feet warm. Well, Let's actually, technically... It's Verizon Wireless Amphitheater, <laughs> Irvine Meadows, since well, it's now defunct. Hey, did, did you, do, you, do you guys know why Sherman was so popular in high school? Because he had no gag reflex. Actually, uh, we are at Sideshow Studios, a business that Gimme and I started. And, and uh, Gimme, Gimme left because... Uh, he couldn't handle it? <laughs> no. Um, all kidding aside, uh, I, I left because it was, uh, it was putting a lot of pressure on our friendship. And I, not, not to start off serious, but that's the reason I left. And he's doing a great job by himself. He loves this. This is, this is his, his life. That's the worst... That's the worst violin I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah, that's but, uh, awesome. Here. It not like even. Clarinet, it wasn't actually. even. It was, it was clarinet. Yeah. Are you sure? Oh, okay. And so, how many years here? Almost twenty. Oh, wait, this building. Uh, it's. Uh, we've had the building for twelve, and I've been down here for. Oh, let me just think that. Uh, yeah, I've been down here for ten years, doing hourly and monthly. We had the building for twelve, <clears throat> but uh, Sideshow has been an entity for almost twenty years. That's amazing. He was skinnier, and I had more hair in my yep. head. You know why we called it Sideshow? No. That's where all the freaks hang out. So we could tie it in with the band, C-I-D-E. Oh, that too. <laughs> Sideshow, Insecticide. Well, first it was of that all, simple. Yeah. First of all, I want to thank you guys again for having the show here. We really appreciate yeah. it. It's well, nice to finally get Gimme on. And, and, of course, Mr. Sherman Jones, the one and only. Thanks again, sir, for all the hospitality. And no to worries. you and Gina and, no and having me and Pops here. We greatly appreciate yeah. it. We're looking forward to talking, shopping, having some fun with you folks. You'll, you'll, you'll never get treated better. By, yeah. by Sherman and Gina. So, That's correct. So come, come on down to Sideshow. Dude, we got, for you guys, we got beers, water, juice boxes, Jolly Hole, if you need it. Jolly Ranchers, whatever you want. <laughs> and that, and that's Jelly the, Donuts. And that's the last nice thing I'm going to say. So now, oh. So, so, so usually what how the show works, how I like to do things is, is get uh, pretty much your whole musical career documented or just. So we'll be done in about three minutes, right? Yeah, okay. right. You know, we are the uh, the most brutal band you've never heard of. <laughs> yeah, for real. So what I thought we would do here is is just kind of tie every, everything together. Because last time we spoke, Sherman, it was here mm-hmm. about a year or two ago. I can't even remember. At this point, not going to date anything, but it was a couple of years back. Yeah, knee, right? deep, knee deep in the pandemic at that point or yeah. was it before? No, Pan- it was pre-pandemic. Pre-pandemic. So yeah. 19, but 2019 no. probably. Well, it, I think it was a le- little bit even before that. Yeah. So at this point, Five it's years. been a, a few years now. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. And it's great to be back here in my own place. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, you know what? 
we were talking before we went on air that uh, a good buddy of mine has passed away since then, and you did the interview for him when we did your show here. We had like nine bands that night. We had beer. We had barbecue. It ran at like 2 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, I, I got that slot. So, but No, but, you know, those are the funnest times. And uh, once again, thank you for the interview for uh, a good friend of ours, uh, Dennis Berman. But, you know, since then, you know, uh, yeah, a lot has happened. Uh, you know, I lost my mom, lost Dennis Berman. I'm a grandfather now. You know, uh, Gimme moved to Las Vegas. His arm is hurt. Uh, we just tr- trying to keep the band afloat. And I, and I know, you know, that this is going to come to an end. It's going to be bittersweet. Uh, but we uh, have found other things to do with our lives. And Sideshow is one of the things I do for me. Um, it, 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 it keeps my mind rolling. I like to be creative. You know, I am a personal guy, personable. And uh, I enjoy being here. And is it work sometimes? Yeah. Is, is it? Uh, can it be stressful at times when ten bands are coming at you at one time? And they all need something. Yes. But you, you learn how to delegate. You learn how to uh, take care of things. I got Gina over there helping me in the office, and whatnot, so she can take care of that sort of the end of the business. Why I'm get I'm prepping the rooms, and uh, you, you you get a flow, you get a rhythm, and. Um, I'm familiar with the atmosphere, so I, I know what to do, and, and I know what bands need what equipment. If you bring someone in here who didn't know the band, he might give them some thin cymbals for a punk rock band that's going to beat the crap out of them. They're, they're going to be cracked in, in a three-hour session. Who, who did that? You. Oh. You know, you know we, um, we've spent really most of our adult lives backstage tuning and stretching and getting ready to do shows. And signing boobies. No, I never did that, dude. <laughs> um, no, but uh, so this is all super comfortable for us, just being around this kind of thing. I just, he's better at it than I am. I, I went off and did my own business of other things. So Do those, do those um, tricks with the bands and, and, and coming in here and stuff, as far as breaking things or whatever, that obviously came with time. Oh, absolutely. You know, yeah. it just things just don't break. I, I tell everybody the same thing. You know what? It's rental gear. If the snare pops on you, just come to the office and get another one. Don't tell me when you're done, oh, I get a discount because the snare's been busted. You know, I broke up to the first song. Well, I have more, you know, so don't try and pull a scam on me. And that's all it is, you know. That's So I'll, one last point I'll make is Tanner and I were, were looking at the, um, the kind of the instructions, the recording stuff as far Clean. as time spent mm-hmm. and how you guys don't charge for setup and that sort of stuff and it reminds me of when tanner was young we used to go to this place in, in laguna hills and shit we, when you got in there you're on the clock so it's it's neat to kind of see the how generous you guys are as far as helping people out you know the, they're only really spending time for the recording yeah. the recording that they're doing they could do demos in here and it doesn't cost very much money as opposed to, you know, this day and age, you would think it would cost a lot of money to record. Well, so it's very fair. Yeah, try to be fair. Try to be uh, – I, I, I know what it's like to be on that other end, you know. There were, this is a true story here. These are times where we would get out to go, get to go on the road and do, do some gigs. We would go to a, a, recall a rehearsal hall, and they had like a three-hour minimum. It's like, dude, we only have to run through a set. You know, we're, our, our set's 35 minutes, and we already know the songs. We just want to unload the van, play the tunes, get out. Oh, I got it after three hours. So there we are in the studio, you know, an you know, hour and a half, goofing around, maybe working on other riffs. But we all we needed to do was run through the set. So I get it. So I have no problem if someone wants to come in here for an hour. Yeah. Now, awesome. I, I, I want to switch gears here just for a moment mm-hmm. I, and ask you guys this. where You know, because Insecticide's been around for close to 40 years at this point. So. Yeah, it's been a long time. And <laughs> where I'm going with this is because, 
you guys haven't had a, a plethora of records per se. I mean, it's only been a handful of demos and maybe a record or two. I, I'm generally curious, is there a potential for like a string of live albums? Because I know you guys primarily play more, you guys are a live band. That is our point. forte. So I, I'm generally curious if, you know, to extend the insecticide legacy rather than, you know, again, at this point, you know, it's, it's what, 40 yeah. plus years or whatever. Is there a potential for you guys to go back in the archives and say, you know what, we should release a string of lists, some live albums, and at least have more, give people more material and more of a legacy for insecticide? Is that ever- I, I would have no problem doing that. Um, it's just one of those things that it, it would be a project. And if we were to do something like that, I'm sure Gimme's with me, we'd become fairly. Uh, 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 acquaintance with Bill Montoyer, give him some tapes and say, "Here you go." You know, we we have a, uh, we have uh, I have a probably two good. I, I got something out of Texas. We did Houston, which was pretty good. The the sound was good, and then Mexico City. We have a really good one out of there. Uh, the guy tried to mix it down for us. It, it to me, it just, it wasn't that great. If I could get that. Maybe Bill to work on that would be fantastic. It's got all our all our songs that we've been playing for years, and I think it would be brutal. It was a brutal night. People were flying. It was, you know, it was amazing. Uh, we had a great time, and I, I think I was I didn't have a, too much tequila before we hit the stage. Well, if you want to talk about Mexico City real quick, uh, we did four shows in three days, plus the radio interview on the Thursday night, which I missed because I, I missed the plane. But I yeah. did get there, and at it was the, on my birthday. At the college. Um, uh-huh. and the girl was there translating. Yeah, I wouldn't know because I wasn't there. <laughs> yeah, we know. We talked a lot. But, <laughs> you know, we got a lot of recordings, got a lot of footage. You know, even back from the 80s, a lot of crappy footage. Even nowadays, people videotape you on their phone, and it's like, you know, they're moving. And it's like, oh, that's a great shot of Gimme's arm. Yeah. I wish I'd see his fingers in the fretboard. There is a lot of crap out there, but as yeah. far as the audio, there's a lot of audio. And, Tanner, I think that's, uh, that's a wonderful idea. That'd be a great idea. idea. That's something for me to... Going back and visit, I'm just, I'm, and where I'm going with this is because I had to. I did that for me during the the time when I was kind of, and, and I'm still going through it, was suffering with with some health stuff and whatnot. So to pass the time, I went back into my archives and discovered I had like seven or eight live albums from 15 years oh, ago, shit. and I'm like, like worth of material, like like from different. No, I'm talking things. like like live albums like mm-hmm. I had like seven or eight live albums from this place called Hoagie Bar Michaels which was a oh, venue I remember, I remember yeah Bar so Michaels. it was a venue out in uh, Newport Beach mm-hmm. and my dad thank God for him uh, is he Hoagie? Had, no he had the foresight to so when you would go play to record venue the, this venue you could pay 10 or 15 bucks and they it would give 10 you 10 bucks for the CD yeah. and it was the quality was really good oh, it was yes. mixed well it's nothing and 10 bucks is nothing it was nothing and because i knew that at some point it would be good to listen to you those would, later you would want on. it yeah you would want it so and i because of his foresight i i got to release i i released the first one this year and people loved it and there you know you get some some lashback from the critics which is fine that's great wasn't Only makes you stronger. These are talking about you. Well, I wasn't expecting like people to, you know, go hoorah over it. Mm. But it's just more of an incentive for the fans to support us even further than just our four albums or whatever sure. that we have. It just if you want yeah. to support the band even further, here's some more material and for the completest. Anyway, second volume's coming out next year. But it just I found myself almost loving the fact that I can still release material that's not exactly new but it is because nobody's really heard it besides yeah. it, it's like that's a lot of, all, that's what yeah, I, a lot of bands put out live albums because 
they need more time. They're working on new stuff and stuff well, ain't going right. And but the inspiration's not there, so it buys them for a band, three, four years. You know, and not to cut you off here, but even That's for a good. band of, you know, again, you've released a couple demos, mm-hmm. an album or mm-hmm. two. It's just more of an incentive. Here's more material from yeah. our legacy. The the That's all I'm saying. I love like, it. Whenever we were... Uh, in in, Me- in Mexico, mostly, just it's amazing, uh, amazing place to play. But um, the uh, the one thing that you would do is we'd be outside a lot. You know, we're not kind of the kind of guys that hide from people. We're out, and I'm out. Sherman's bit. Sh- Sherman never stops me. I'm, I'll kick it. I'll kick it with one guy for an hour and a half, and I'm outside, and people are bringing up our cassette, Swarm Kill cassette. I don't even have one, and they bring them up, and they they, they can't they don't speak English, but they want you to sign it, and they've had it since 1986. Yeah, old old crap like that. Yeah. You know? So besides though, you talked about the the live stuff in Mexico mm. and, uh, and a couple other places. Mm. So for 40 years, I'm hoping that you're gonna say that you have access to stuff that's buried somewhere so that cool. you could dig up and yeah. just maybe put something together. It's like, oh my gosh, I do have old demos and things that I've yeah. never done stuff with. How great would it be to break that stuff out? Yeah. And you must have an archive that's massive if you can get to them. I got yeah. a box of crap. Yeah, we, we got to go do. through that, man. We have it. It, what Tanner was saying about Hoagie, Hoagie Bar Michaels is there was another place, I'm not going to mention their name, and I've done that before where you buy the CD, you know, and I bought the I bought the uh, the audio and I he, it was two separate discs. I bought the audio and the uh, the the video, and I have the video, but the audio was blank, so I felt like I got ripped off. Wow, and lame! It was lame. That is lame. It was lamer than lame. Call him out, dude, man. What's his name? We're, I ain't doing first it. And last, doing first and last, first and last name. I guess where I'm going with this is because in this particular state, you know. Gimme is going through whatever you know his his battles and stuff. This would be just a great opportunity. To be like, you know what? Let's focus our energy because we have all this stuff in our vault. Let's start releasing some of it because it's like, I mean, your band of forty years worth of material. Yeah, hopefully, I'd love to hear that, some of that. Yeah, that I mean, nobody <laughs> knows about. Like how I just I want to encourage more bands to do that because I as yeah. a fan. Love I, that the show. only thing I don't like about that really is that I didn't think of it. Yeah. Well. Wait a minute. We're going to edit this back. We're going to edit this later. You're also very busy, so I wonder how much. I mean, at some point you're going to go, you know what? I, I'm going to stop, and I'm going to take a weekend or a day or a couple hours. And I'm going to just organize the stuff that's in there, which you probably already do have. I, you know what? My stuff is fairly organized. Yeah, Sherman, Sherman has a pretty he, – he is, he is the organizer of the band. For sure. So you have stuff like that's maybe dated, and and, and the audio audio is like written and dated, the location and everything. Oh, sure, so, we'll have that. For so sure. then it's just a matter of like busting that out, and listening to it, and going, "What I put that down on, on a CD or a demo or yeah. something." And again, just like Tanner said, you, you, you're not going to get everybody seeing it. The quality is that is like nah, that's no. the rough, that's raw the bad. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you fuck up, which we do, then we all do. That's it's all part of it, and everybody yeah. recognizes it. Yeah. Any band that's a band recognizes that you have. Oh, remember that part where yeah. you know, and that's uh, also part part that, of making. That's what them. we love about. That's what I love about punk rock is the lack of perfection. It's like guitars aren't always tuned correctly. Uh, sometimes you hit the stage, and some dude jumps up and hits the neck of your guitar. It's slightly out of tune, but you got to keep going. Yeah, or they stand on your pedal, mm-hmm. and you're gonna you're gonna hear that on a tape. Now we were, we were. Um, is it okay if I tell a quick story? Yeah, yeah of course. So, yeah. so, really. so Guar, 
We opened for. We didn't know who Gora was. The promoter. Good lord. Yeah. Said they were called G War. Right. So we, we. So we get there. They sound really metal. We get there and I'm this sure is a, fine. Yeah. This is this is this <laughs> is a big skating rink, and we get there. We're like, oh great, ten people. We're just gonna look like we're just gonna look bad. We, I hope we don't get any. Video was very rare back then. You know. Sure. So we 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 hit the stage. Place is packed. We're like, what? It, it was in uh, it was in Squirrel Mountain in uh, Pittsburgh. In Pittsburgh, wow, it's so huge. So, before, let me back up a second. We 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 sound check. They sound check. No, they had nothing on. No, just wow, punk no rock costume. No, no just punk rock flops, guys. Shorts. I thought they were terrible. I'm like, we're gonna smoke these guys, man. Right, right. They're coming out in gym shorts, and, and so we're, we're gonna. This is this is gonna be easy. All right, we're gonna be heroes. We're all going to be getting high five. There was no visuals at right. that sound check. So Sherman and I were, you know, our chests are we're cock of the walk, you right? Know? And we're out there. All of a sudden, lights go down, and this guy, four legged guy, comes flying by me. It was like a monkey. And I looked at Sherman. And I went, "Oh shit, we're in trouble." <laughs> <laughs> so, so we had already played, right? So they get up there and they do the gore thing, which you're like, "Oh my god, this is amazing." So we we do the show. The next, uh, I forget, maybe it was before we did the show, or it was the next day or something, I don't know, but they were, you know, it was great watching them. They fought. They, they never, none of them got along. Blood, uh, you used my towel to wipe off the flake blood. Well, now oh, I yeah, they were arguing. They, they had a school bus they were traveling, but they here's, were all arguing. Here's my end of the story. The point of my story is we, they jumped in their school bus, which they had made in kind of a motor home. Pretty, pretty fantastic for the 80s. Sherman and I and uh, Rich Rowan, we and we had a guy with us, uh, Derek, he worried for us. We jumped back in our little van, you know, no showers. We're, we're you know, we're sweating, same clothes we've been wearing for two days. Him probably a week. And uh, we had a tape. The guy, board guy, made us a tape and we listened to it on the cassette on the way. And I remember, I remember going, oh my God, I need to practice more. That was terrible. And I thought we were fantastic. You're up your there. own worst critic. Yeah, it, no, right? absolutely. But I was like, burn that tape now. Get wait, put it on the ground. Let's run it over. Make sure no one ever gets it again. Well, you know, running through a board, everything's isolated, crisp and clear. There was no, you know, there you... was no echo. It was just dry, dude. And I was like, man, I thought I was handsome and, and rugged and, right? and and played like right? like the wind, you know. But none of that was true. <laughs> well, again, my point to. The live going back to the the, the live aspect is because you can markability you can do so much with it. If you have like two or three live albums, you could do a box set with it, have something cool, Very cheap just cake. just for the fans yeah. and and for yourselves. Because it'd be a good opportunity for you guys to kind of go back in, reminisce a bit, a little bit, and just again, it's all it's all about connection between obviously you guys, but always and and you guys and the fans. Mm-hmm. So it's just a win win all all around. So. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like I said, I encourage. No, it's great. It's a great it. idea, dude. We appreciate you. Uh, you know, bringing that up. I, I do. No, I, it's something for us to to look into. Just think about it. I've already thought about it, and I and I know what I want to do. Also, okay. forty years I, of history. I can't be that merch war guy. Like all the stories and all the whether it's the tourists and stories, but just forty years of relationships and and working together and playing together yeah. and the struggles and yeah, we really we really wasted our lives. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sure it's just been a great. It's only going to be a run. Son, why don't you go to school and be a lawyer? No, I'm going to be a rock star. I'm going to make a lot of money, mama. But it's just another, again, another opportunity to prolong that legacy, man. Yeah. It's yeah. so cool. I just love it's really, yeah, it's, that. It, you know? It's really great. Um, so uh, let's go back 
even a little bit before this, I just wanted to know how you guys particularly met and wanted to start playing thrash metal as opposed to all the other kind of styles that were happening in, I'm assuming, the 80s or 70s, yeah. whenever you yeah. guys... Oh, thank you for the 70s reference. Yeah, thank you. But we, We're way past the 70s. Yeah. So we, we met... Um, it was by fluke we met. Yeah, it was, it was at a Target department store. He was working behind the hot dog. Back then, Target wasn't so sophisticated. It was a hot dog stand, soda, french fries, boom. Pretzels, popcorn, soda pop. Now it's like, you know, a gourmet pizza. You know, you name it, they have it. And so I'm working. <laughs> he's, he's got a, his red smock on, and he's got a, a pin, a flying bee pin. So I'm like, give me, I'm real shy at that point. Give me a, a hot dog, and uh, uh, can I have mustard? Is that too much to ask? I have mustard. So I get it. I, I, I go sit down. My little brother, Doug, is with me. To this day, he loves this story. So we go sit down, and, and my brother goes, dude, did you see that guy's guitar pin? I say, yeah, I saw it. And my brother goes, dude, why don't you talk to him? I'm nah, that dude's a kook. And uh, so my brother goes up there and goes, hey, bro, my brother plays guitar, too. He's pointing at me, right? And I'm like, ah, fuck. Now I got to go, go up and talk to this guy, right? So He didn't. We, we, I did. Yeah, he came over and talked to me. I think he brought me an extra uh, T- time packet out, time of mustard. Out, time, out. No, time out. <laughs> I tell the guy I'm working with, hey, I'm going to go talk to this kook. All right, continue. Okay. <laughs> uh, me being the kook. Um, so he comes over, talks to me, and, and everything. I think maybe a week or two went by, and we ended up. He, I was in El Segundo. I lived in El Segundo. Anyone that knows California knows where El Segundo is, and Manhattan Beach. Every, everyone, you know, the beach cities. That's pretty much where we were. So he came over, and interesting enough, we both knew Green Man Alishi from Judas Priest. I think we knew. I think we did. Might might have been breaking the law. It yeah, could have been just something. You know, crap stuff, stuff just to say, just so we can go. Hey, is this a possibility, or should uh, we just slap each other and go our separate ways? So that's how we started it. And I swear, within a year, we were all. We probably had three of our staple songs. I think was that about a year, Sherman? About that, but already that we still play today. Wow. Yeah. Well, let me go back even further than this and just ask you, Gimme, what got you into playing music and especially guitar oriented yeah. stuff? Yeah, that's a that's a that's a good question. I thought about this because I knew you were gonna ask this. So uh um important albums. We all have them. My important album is Never Say Die from Black Sabbath. Everyone says, Oh dude, my, my first Sabbath, I'll go all the way back. Yeah, you go all the way back, you know. Most of the guys at my age did not probably hear the first Sabbath album. Up from Sabbath first, so uh, mine was some of them was the Heaven and Hell. Mine was Never Say Die. My other important album was uh, Van Halen, the first Van Halen album. And then I'm a little weird about the time. Sherman probably better at this, but at some point I heard uh, uh, Motorhead's live album, and I oh, went live, uh, Hammersmith. Yes, the original one, not the later on they remixed. And, but this is, a, and I went, I can do that. He's not doing anything that I can't, I can't do. Fast Eddie. And Fast Eddie's one of my heroes. Besides Jeff Hanneman, Fast Eddie is one of my heroes. So that was it for me. I was like, oh, okay. And yeah. I was still sitting in my room in, in uh, Huntington Beach, California, before we, I even moved up to oh, South Bay. So that's why you, you chose guitar, not bass? Or, or I, had a, I was already playing guitar, but not very well. And uh, I, had no, I had no focus, and I had no vision, and I had no... Where am I going? Am I going to play punk rock, which I loved, and I played with my buddy Kern Bates, Black Flag stuff, stuff like that, or 
you know what? And I knew that was going to be nowhere. And so I moved up to my mom was living in El Segundo. So I moved up there uh, just to get a job, you know, to work and everything. And, and so that's when we all met. And I, my life be- had purpose at that point, which right, is really great. Right, you but, know? but again, I'm going to go circle back because I didn't mm. really hear an answer for this. So what got you into Damn picking it. guitar up at first? Oh, okay. So... The van, the 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 first Van Halen album, okay. probably. Um, I I I heard it and I went, I'm never gonna be this good, but I'm gonna give it the old college try, you know. And and that you when you were at at that time in '78, I think it was. You could not believe the atomic. Uh, Les probably knows, that thing came out. Everybody had to make a choice at that point. Do I set it down and just enjoy Van Halen? Or do I keep at it and see if I can't maybe take it a little further? And no one is ever going to take it any further. It's kind of a high bar to go. It's a game changer. But it gave you you motivation. Sure. It did for me. You know? And then, that's what I'm saying. That's the tone. So Van Halen was an unattainable goal for me. But at least I knew that things were capable Fast Eddie gave me an attainable goal. Like, okay, I can do that blue scale. You know, I'm never going to be Motorhead, but I can do that. So I'm going to focus on that, and that's where I'm going to... And so that was kind of my focus, you know. Interesting. Okay, and then you guys obviously met, Mm -hmm. started to jam and whatnot. And just tie... Again, I'm trying to tie everything together here. So when choosing the name Insecticide, again... If I've asked this, I'm going to ask it again anyway. Keep on asking. Uh, the origins of the name and, and why that specific, like, because at this specific time, not a lot of band names in the metal genre were probably chosen then. So you could probably think of all kinds. Sure. But you guys landed on insecticide. Yeah. I'm just kind of curious, what about that name made it so just, this is it for us. This is this represents what I'm trying to go for and what you're trying, the band as a whole, yeah. this represents our sound. <clears throat> for me, truthfully, when I brought that title, that name to the table, Gimme did not like it. You know, and I kind of fought for it. And I have my reasons why I like that. You know, it we we're not that band say it, that, dude. You know you want to say it. Dude. We're not that band that sings about girls or beer or Satan or promotes suicide or whatever. Our songs are fantasy and Gimme mentioned that when we first started playing in, in about a year, we had some staple songs. Yeah, they were staple riffs. You know, lyrics have changed. Speed definitely, the tempo got picked up, right, because of drummers and who we play with. And we progressed as players. But to me, Insecticide at that time, you know, you really couldn't p- pigeonhole that. It wasn't death. It wasn't gloomy, you know. We called ourselves power metal. Yeah, well, yeah, but we didn't mean power metal the way power metal is today. We, we meant it as in Fury and, and and being feisty and 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 power in your face. That's we. There, uh, I got to back up here, and I, I know we've probably talked about this. And everywhere I go, I always have to repeat myself on this. Gimme and I are at a certain age where, when we were starting out, there was no roadmap for us. No, there was no guidebook for us. We were doing what we wanted to do. We were we were once in a rehearsal hall with Megadeth and Abattoir and Armored Saint, Armored Saint, and Neil Turbin from Anthrax was across the way. And Lee with Ford were there, driving his. They're Corvette. excellent players and great players. We weren't at that caliber when I met Gimme from the uh, department store fast food joint. We were about the, the same level, you know, and we were able to grow together as 
I was playing guitar back then as guitar players. I just got lucky enough that to meet my best friend, and we had the same goals, aspirations, and ideals and likes that led us a certain way. I remember guys coming up to me and saying, what are you guys playing, punk rock? And it's like, no, we're all metal. Like, it doesn't sound metal. It's yeah. like, yeah, because at that time, Gimme says this, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I'll test it to this day. We got a song that has a blast beat for a blast beat was a blast beat. I don't know if that makes sense or not, but it's 1986, and we're all, you know, I, I'm not doing it correctly, but we were doing a blast beat, but that it was, was like a punk rock that wasn't, beat. That wasn't correctly. That, yeah, that's okay. And that wasn't popular shit back then. You no. were cornered as that was punk rock because it was so fast. And just the way it, it drove in our rhythm stature, you know, we're not technical players. Our music, if you actually break down all our riffs, we're, we're not a melodic band. We're not even... A, a complicated band There may be degrees of Complexity in the riff But if you were to sit down And you were to show you the riff It's fairly it's fairly simple You know It may sound like it's A lot going on Maybe because of the picking Or whatnot. But other than that You know We've gone I've gone Seen bands I just look at myself Wow that dude's fantastic But It's just too much It's, it's like it's, wow It's not grabbing me In any sense You know what I mean uh, The first time I don't know if we actually met the first time I saw you. We were down at uh, the Malone's, and you were on one stage, and we were the other. And I looked over at you, and you caught, you visually caught me. You, your hair was all long and frizzy. You were playing shirtless, and you were bouncing around. You reminded me of a cross between Ted Nugent and Tommy Shaw. You caught me. Your antics, your stage presence caught me, and it's like that's what drew me towards you. So when you look at our type of music, you're not listening for, oh, he's an A minor augmented seventh scale. It's like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm just doing this because I'm not a skilled, trained player. I play by what feels right to me and what sounds right to me. And our rhythms are different. Sometimes mm-hmm. he'll, he'll come in with a riff, and I, I have a difficult time doing the picking because his, his structure. And he's a left-handed. I still keep bringing that song in from 1988 that you can't play. Uh, what can you do? And, uh, and there's some rhythms I brought. I bring to Gimme. You know, I just, I just. Okay, here's one. Let me show you the one. That's it. It just loops after that. We we have our own techniques. We're all, we're, I don't know where I'm going with this. We're we're our own worst enemy. Um, Sherman and I are both uh, alpha alpha dogs. <laughs> it's hard to get anything done. Sometimes I'm alpha. He's beta. Sometimes he's alpha and I'm beta. Yeah. But whatever you did back in the day, obviously merged and yeah, and it worked. Kept you yeah. to but where you were enjoying. Yeah, yeah. Real quick, was Insecticide the original first name, or did you have another no. name? We were we came up with a lot of names. I even had a buddy who was an artist. So the I would, Ogre? Yeah. It was one of them? No, the, it was just Ogre. Ogre. I would take Bloodlust. my ideas to my buddy, and he would draw things out. Yeah. Remember the band Bloodlust from Metal Blade Restaurant? Mm-hmm. We, we were with Blood, Steve Gaines? We were Bloodlust yep. three Earl years before that. Yeah. You know? Sandy. All those, yeah. guys, all those guys are great. They're great, great guys. Um, yeah, so we're like, Bloodlust, man, this is going to be the bad. Oh, we what? Actually, we what? actually did what? a, you say? There's a show. There's a Bloodlust? Oh, as Bloodlust. They have an album out? Oh, you know? crap. Yeah. So, but again, so it's, it's interesting that you come out in like the mid-80s, right? Do you immediately go, let's record something and have it out? Because at that time, and, and yeah. let's back up real quick. Your, your overall sound, I'm kind of curious because you're mentioning Van Halen and, and Priest and whatnot. Well, that's all we had back then. Hold on, hold on. So my question is, is did your peers around you at that time in 1985 and 86 when you were rehearsing right next to the Megadeths and Avatars, did their sound influence you before those bands even made records? I don't think so. I, I, you know, that's, I don't. that's hard That's hard to say because 
you know, like but Megadeth, they were very secretive. They 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 liked they liked to practice when the place was packed and full, or late late at night when no one was around because uh, you know their sound was. They wanted they they were gonna make the first record and they didn't want everyone you know like Slayer was like that too and they would you know they didn't like rehearsing when a lot of people were there because they were we're still like that we don't rehearse in front of people no so what stays in our rehearsal when we argue over a riff or something like that that's between us I remember hearing uh, I went Dave Mustaine was selling a Marshall it was the biggest piece of crap you ever saw so I had a little four track Tascam. So I, we used to call him David Mustard Seed, uh, but we we went down there. I went down. He was three like three four de- three four doors down from us. So I took this and I'm like, okay, man, I need an amp. So well, I got this Marshall. Um, my manager says I can't. Blah 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 blah. And I'm looking. I'm like, I'm touching the football. And it falls off. I'm like, the fuck is it? It was a piece of shit. So I decided not to do it. Now, I wish I would have traded and got that amp. It was probably used. On the first album, for Apostle, for for a dent, dent, whatever you know, a whole song or a, a note or whatever. But I would have that now, and it would be epic because that album is that, that was just history. It was it's a history. Sure. Great. Let me, history. let me elaborate on that story real quick. Dave Mustaine, Gimme, and myself were alone in the room, and Dave brought over the head, and like he said, he touched the fucking knob, falls off, and you know the the, <laughs> the, the talix is all torn up on it, and we're yeah. talking. It's a it was, a, it was a serious buy for cool, cool you know, guy. I mean, buy he, was, this? he was fine. He was a nice guy. We're not talking about his personality. We're talking about this Guy's sale an asshole. over this amp. The clincher for me when it was like I was giving the, uh, Dave's talking to give me. I'm behind Dave going. <laughs> <laughs> Nowadays, when you look at an amp, they just got a little switch. You flick it. You know, eight ohms, four ohms, and Pete and sweat. Back then, they it was a knob that you had had to pull out and it had pins in it, and you would have to adjust it to the holes for the impedance. Mm-hmm. And I was looking at the back of the amp, you know, and I said, hey, Dave, I go, uh, what's up? How do you do the impedance here? And that's when he turned and he goes, oh, well, what you got to do is you got to get a hanger and cut it and, and bend it. Oh and it's like, you know, he goes back to give me a <laughs> <laughs> But I wish I would have bought it. It was like next to nothing. I would have been a trade, you know. Okay, so we established that obviously the scene, scene didn't seep into you guys' sound at that point. So no. my, my question becomes this is, you record the demo around 85, 86. Again, you can yeah. tell me I'm full of shit because I don't no, know. No, it was 86. Eight, eight, eight. Um, and my, my point is, is so how valuable was it to, for you guys to not only join forces but record a demo right out of, the, out of the gate? Because was that the bone of contention where it was like, this is all we have to promote? And so did you venture into the tape trading world oh, which yeah, is yeah. which T- is tape trading was the only way it was a i would say tape trading was the means of media it it was that radio that metal show you know you go to metal show, oh you can hear any band instantly now but it was it was a magic about it cuz sherman would send off a, a letter sorry let me just do this uh, sherman would send off a letter to uh, bumfuck Egypt, you know, and it would take weeks to get the letter back, and then you got to send it off again to order the demo. So it could be three months before oh, yeah. you got that demo. Oh, there, there were people putting out, but you were that like, came out every four months, and you, you but you were hard for you it send at out that in point. February, you know? But you don't get you don't get it till November. Yeah, but you were like sitting there with the like I said, man, you're hard on for that demo, and when you get it, you have to listen to everything about it, and that's what was great about about 
back in the demo days. Even before we cut our, I hate to cut you off. Even before we did our first demo, we had already gone through drummers. You know, well, e- e- even before we came insecticide. You know, I- I'm the bass player in insecticide by default. You know, we were two guitar players. We were looking for a singer, a drummer, and a bass player. And those are a lot of personalities you have to deal with. And the worst, really, the worst part of it. When I had switched over to bass, because we had, uh, it's a story within itself, I had switched over to bass, and then we had lost our singer. And then I remember giving him saying, well, why don't you just sing till we, like, kind of find some guy, because this and that. I was like, oh, all right. So, you know, I gave, I gave my hat, threw my hat in, in, into the mix. Once we got a drummer, how things moved progressively faster. There were less, less mouths, less ideas. It was all our ideas now, you know? Uh, by the time we actually became a three-piece, and I had I was now the lead vocalist, and I was the main bass player, and we had a drummer, we were on the road within a year. Yeah, and that's hard for a lot of bands nowadays. Mm-hmm. Now this is hypothetical, so again, I just would like to have some fun with this question. Just is, do it. You know, today nowadays you can record a record pretty much in your in your bedroom. Mm-hmm. Around that time, it was it cost thousands of dollars. So I'm curious if you guys were around. Today, like meaning just started mm-hmm. today, would you guys want to go the route of again because you did it with the demo? You did a demo right out of the gate, right? But would you go immediately into the studio and do an album right out of the gate and pretty much hypothetically speaking, yeah. if you were around today, what what would be your 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 tactic as far as a first recording? For me, I think I'd probably go that route because that's yeah. the means. You know, everyone has a laptop. Everyone can record right on there. You, you can mix. You can master. You can uh, you can cut and paste. Um, I think that would probably be it. Um, our goal, really, a lot of people were looking to get record contracts. You know, we have our shares of rejections. And at that time, pay-to-play was huge. We refused to do that. And the only way Still for us refused. was to come in through the back door we had to leave through the front door and come in through the back door. By the time I was 21, we had played Houston and San Antonio more than we had Los Angeles, and we were from Los Angeles. You know, you had to sell 50 tickets at 8 bucks a pop, you know. Back then, gas was 69 cents a gallon. Yeah. You know, you could go to Albuquerque and make 300 bucks. That's a lot of fuel. We, we did, uh, and, and once in a while, um, the anti-club was a, was a cool place back then. Once in a while, a gig would pop up, and and we would know these people, so we would play a show with Phobia mm-hmm. back then. Uh, um, Bloodlust, Bloodlust, uh, uh, what was the one band? Uh, the guys from uh, from uh, uh, from Agent Steel. Um, they had that Holy Terror. Um, you would do a show. You don't have to pay. You just we're gonna throw insecticide on them. They're gonna open it. You know, we we're good we're, band we're, to kick around. We were wearing our Wallabies at the time, and mm-hmm. we we we. We aren't a fashion show. We, I've, I've, I've hit the stage many times smelling my own ass because we, I mean, we were in the same clothes for weeks. You know, it, it, no showers, but that's how we cut our teeth. But I'm saying the only time, like, we couldn't, nowadays you can go and play, you can get a, a if you want to pay the money, you can get open for really any band you want. Oh, you play the whiskey on a uh, Thursday night at 7.30. Yeah. Go, go for it. I'm not we, going to do We're it. not doing that, no. So, again, so... Obviously, you would want to do the record. Now, I'm curious around those specific times. Obviously, the record deal is, is the only way you 
can make a full length record. Right? That everybody, was the halo. That was the that everybody was the, wanted a record deal. Everyone wanted to be on the label. We did too. We did too. Yeah, but it wasn't going to happen for us. So, no. like I said, we went out the front door and came around the back door. Now, during the late eighties, early nineties, did it get better as far as making a record yourself, or did that not happen until kind of the two thousands when the internet was kind of coming yeah. into flourishion? I think the internet opened it all up. The nineties, the. 90, early 90s, I think, were tough for a lot of metal bands. Metal was, you know, all that grunge was, and everything it wasn't came in. happening. You know, we actually changed our name for a while. We played the same songs, and we still wrote, but we just went under a different moniker because that wasn't selling. Now, yeah. did you do it acoustically? No. No. No, no. We, it was Eyeball. We, we, we. Smith & Jones? <laughs> That's Smith a good joke, Dad. He knows about Smith & Jones. Oh, oh, the Smith & Jones, yeah. <laughs> Alias Smith & Jones. <laughs> You didn't do a Tesla acoustic set for a Oh set. no. Oh by the way, Exodus, Testament, they all they all put out that the ballad. The ballad, bro. Don't let them lie to you. Yeah, Don't we, let them lie no to you because they no will. It's here. So, so why not We never did that. Well, uh on the Four Dying World CD I had some uh keyboard stuff that Delete. Segway, segwayed. Deleted. I agree with him. No, I'm just, I'm I I thought it had a different dimension to us, you know, because I, I, put it this way. Black Sabbath, one of the heaviest bands in the world. You can hear strings, you can hear choir, you can hear the violin, you can hear the keyboard, and their name is Black Sabbath, and they sing some pretty heavy stuff. Uh, I always thought our name took us into the sci-fi fantasy realm where we can get away with that, in a sense. I was just trying to add a dimension to us where it was like, uh, between this, let's do this little keyboard part, as, you know, c- cathedral piece. And, you know, he didn't want it, and he would you know what? I'm not going to sit here and beat a dead horse. I'm not going to argue with the guy. What an I, I, was just some, I was just bringing to the table. He didn't want to do it. Me. I wasn't going to get any positive feedback from him. So let, you know what? Let's just go from song to song. So I'm Now, now I, I can't wait to make an uh, acoustic uh, piano record. He's let, fucking with us. <laughs> let me ask you guys this, because uh, the extermination, uh, I guess it would be a compilation of, it's like your first album mixed with an album that never got released. Uh-huh. So I'm curious... Why not make that a separate re- release? And again, correct me if I'm wrong. If it hasn't been a, a, a if it's already existed, you know, I'm, I'm just a moron. Uh, but if it hasn't, my point is, is why not take that second unreleased record and do that as a as a standalone kind of thing? One word, uh, laziness. That that was that was put out by a a, a record label in Brazil. Well, right, but I'm saying like. Uh, depending on who owns the rights mm. to it and whatnot, I'm sure wait, wait, it's ours. It's ours. I'm sure you could. I don't know. Again, the more content you have, the mm. better. That's what today's yeah. day and age is. So, with insecticide, there's just not a lot of that content. So, if I remember correctly, wasn't there a couple live tracks on the end of that record? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, there is. Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that there, was that was out of Mexico. Those well, were, those tracks were from Mexico and out of Texas. But but yeah. my point oh. is, is it's it's uh you it's combined. In like a compilation style CD, so it's just one release. So, oh, I see what you're saying. That's just something the guy wanted to do. You know, what I mean, didn't cost us anything. Go yeah, do what you did want. It, to yeah, do. He here, you know, here's everything. stuff. Go. But by, by, by the way, oh, and whoop. then and then obviously, why not release a, a new record Im- immediately after all this has been said and done in, during the tens, especially. I, I think Sherman said it already, right? Yeah, lazy. lazy. All right. No, no, we, we you know, it's hard, man. No, it's just yeah. one of those things. You no, know. don't keep no. You keep asking the questions. We'll keep lobbing them back. <laughs> but uh, no, we um, we just uh, got a lot of things have been got a lot of things going. It's hard to 
for us to it's hard for all of us to be in one place at the same time. It's hard for Jason. If we're both here, Jason's not here. If Jace if I'm not here, Jason and Sherman here. It's just hard to it's hard to keep the ball rolling. As far as songs go, Sherman has no shortage of songs. I've got plenty of songs, plenty of riffs that are, I can't really play right now, but they're in here and easily can throw them on the guitar. The problem is is not a problem, but Sherman is doing something on the side right now, and because of COVID, it's just taking him longer to get it done. So, and he's you know he's dealing with musicians, and we all know how how and you know how uh, you know how how reliable they are. So, you know he's trying to get that done. I'll be honest, I wish he would get that fucking thing done, and I'm not trying to be a dick, but for his own sanity and for my sanity. We're never going to do anything like we're never going to go any further right now with this exercise until he gets that done. Because well, unless it, he does a taking, live album, yeah. it so was yeah. back. live acoustic <laughs> album with a piano. You know, a lot of people ask me sometimes when they come to the building, and they're like, oh, this is your place. Like, yeah, I got a room over there. So, oh, man, you must jam a lot. Like, <laughs> I wish I could get in there. Well, you guys deserve after this amount of time to be able to release something, you know. So it's just a matter of putting the time aside we, to actually do it. We we yeah, could we true. could do it. Uh, Sher- Sherman and I could put together. I think a strong EP, uh, probably within a year, we could do it if we had if we could get together on it. And you know what that you know what that you know what that year in, entails. It means uh, we probably rehearse two times a month for about thirty minutes to an hour. Thirty five minutes, Jeremy. Come on. All right. It, it really comes down to time. It's hard. You know, yeah. even, what he's talking about my solo thing right now. You know, we normally try and rehearse on Thursday. Keyword try. And we try to do demos on Sunday. And sometimes that just doesn't happen. And on our Thursdays, you know, we normally get about an hour and 15 minutes, you know, to work on the song, you know. And then, okay, we'll stop here. And then come Sunday, if everything's a go, we try and cut a demo or at least get part of it done because the mics are already set up. Then next Thursday we come back and say, ah, you know what, we're going to try this. And then three months go by. It's like, okay, all right, cool. The song is done. And that's for one song. So I see what he's getting at, why it would take a year. It's not yeah, like we're playing every day for eight hours. If that was the case, we had nothing else to do, and we could play five hours four times a week. Oh, dude. It's incredible loyalty with all the, the years you're talking about that yeah. no one really has given up. You just, no. I mean, you, you, you understand the time constraints put on everybody, and you, and you try to put together time to record and do things together when you can. The fight is worth it. I mean, we're, like, we're, not, we're not reinventing the wheel here. You know, we we know what we're capable of, sure. and, and more importantly, what we're not capable of, and that's the important thing. People think, you know, I'm going to be this, this, this. Well, no, I'm not. sometimes you got to stand back and go, well, maybe I'm not going to be Eddie Van Halen. Maybe I'm my maybe my existence is going to be more between Fast Eddie and a you know punk rock guitar player. Maybe that's where my my zone is. So let's let me stick with that and do the best I can at that. Um, we are we are not without our critics. We have lots of critics out there. We are we 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 have been accused of underperforming our music. Uh, all these guys can't play more than three riffs. Yes, we can. I can write a, a complicated riff, you know. But it's not what we want to do. There are people out there that do a great job at it. So I'm going to let them do it. And I'm going to do what I do. Yeah, write what you enjoy as opposed yes, to having yes, writing it because yes. you think of I'm not in competition with, right. with these people. When, right. you, when no. you hear an insecticide song, you know what you're going to get. 
You're going to get about two minutes and 15 seconds with probably four riffs, a break, an intro. Fast and and, 12 uh, second solo. You're going to get probably uh, <laughs> awesome. 13, 14 lines of lyrics. <laughs> and then it ends. And then we're going to go into another subject, another topic. No bridge. It would just drive me nuts just to have the same twelve songs playing over and over again for forty years. That that again, that would drive me fucking no, I know. nuts as a musician. So I don't know how you guys do it. More power to you. That, I couldn't fucking do it. Well, there's I, a lot of songs well, we don't play too. Yeah, we because can, it comes down to when it's time. You know, we don't play for like six months and we get a gig and then we do three. You know, when we, we did do the, the set, uh, we did the set. Yeah, you when know? we did the uh, uh, Hoods Got Talent, we had three rehearsals at about twenty minutes a pop. Yeah. Just enough, <laughs> but not too much. Yeah. <laughs> and then when we went to the Who's Got Talent, I went and I took the DA off to the side and I said, "Hey man, I said, you know, everybody's two of our songs is shorter than everybody's one song." And I said, "Can we play like five songs?" And I and I told him, I said, "We're, we're going to do five songs in about nine minutes." And he laughed. He said, "You're going to do five songs in nine minutes?" And I was all, "Yeah, you know." He's a hold on. He came day in the he office. Said, he said, "Okay, you do five songs in nine minutes." I said, "Okay." And we, we had practiced a certain way. And I said, you want us to break, do each individual song? You want us to do it in uh, two-set increments? You want us, want us to do it straight? And he's all, just do what you're going to do. So we went in there, and they said, action, quiet on the oh, They said, action, quiet on the set, quiet on the set. And, Fuck you. And we were, we were done in under 10 minutes. That's insane. Went a little over nine. It was over nine, but for That's sure. Uh, I have a quick question. Back up to... Uh, your guys' early days, uh, go through your drummers. Did you, uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we are the... Um, uh, We're the Spinal Tap spin- of thrash metal. Yeah, of thrash metal. There are guys that... Uh, we, we actually have a family tree, and it's on the blower release. It's, it's the centerpiece, and it starts at the top. We're like... It's just a family tree. And there are people that are not listed on that family tree because they had no history of a live show or a recording with us. But uh, th- there are guys that uh, I still see today that we're in the band, but it's like we don't, you know, when you're in the band for like eight weeks, you know, you know, you're not, you're not really part of this. You were no. just there, and it's just like, you know what, man, it's not working. Well, one of those live albums was like that for me. It was like a lineup that only lasted a month or two, and mm-hmm. I'm like, fuck yeah, I have something to document right. that part of oh. my history now. So Dude, it could be one of those situations. How often do you go through a lot of people? You hard to get along with, or they don't see your vision. It's just a matter of no. It, it's uh, it's just a matter of. So we haven't had a lineup change in eight years. Well, that's pretty good. That's real yeah, good. Yeah, eight eight nine eight years. Guys. So cool. I guess my 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 point is, at first I feel, and it's again, it's just my opinion. I feel some of the other members were the reason why some of the band members left. Uh-huh. And then it's it's a combination of all of us. Like, I'm sure I was, a, you know, a reason why some of the members left too. But I think we, at that time we were making bad decisions. We were doing pay-to-play. We were listening to a certain member of the band that thought we could trust and knew what he was doing. But it turned out, you know, as soon as that member left... It was all good. Like it was, you know what I mean. We, mm-hmm. we became a better unit without those that said member or those said members. So, I think at that point it was just a matter of us finding how each other kind of worked, seeing what decisions worked and what didn't work. You got a gel. So, 
Yes, so you do. I, I think, again, it's a combination of all of us. Like, I'm partly responsible, too. I have to take responsibility for it. But I'm not the sole purpose. Like, again, we, we've had the same lineup for seven, eight years. So it can't, it can't be me. You know, true, I'm, making all the de- I'm making decisions that obviously have benefited us for the last 10 plus years. We're, we're bigger now than we ever have been. So, so did, how many drummers did you guys have? Uh, I think Jason's like our 18th, 19th no guy. No way. And I thought you were going to say like maybe three or four or oh something. No, no. But like I said, there's guys that played with us for, you know, two months. It's like, you're not really, you're just here. You're just here. To, we think you're going to work, but you're not Almost working. A session you gotta, yeah, pretty much. But if you really want to get technical on something like that, I would say eight, maybe. That you f- would count as this guy was a drummer. In the yeah, band I would. Guy, I no. would. Yeah, definitely. Okay. And some of those members left because of drug reasons, uh, schooling reasons, and, and I'm uh, assuming all kind. There's so many reasons why pe- people that, left. Right? I think know, it comes bands. down to me and Gimme. You know, we're not the easiest guys to get along with at times, and we both know what we want in this band. We know where the band is going. You know, if we're going this, I don't know if the camera can see me. If we're going this way, then we get a new guy. We're not making a hard right. We're not making 180 degree to turn. We're going this way. And I've always told the guys, the newer guys, learn the old material so you understand what our foundation is, Yeah. what we're doing. Have any of those guys been frustrated that they that you guys don't do a lot of new material, meaning you don't record a lot of new material? Do, do you ever get like that drummer where it was like, guys, let's record a record? No. Okay. No. Yeah. We've always been fortunate enough that we get a guy that, hey, we already have material. This is what we're going to do, you know? Uh, The last drummer that we had, uh, Jason's our our newest drummer. I think he's been in the band. Sorry about that. Nine years already. So he holds the longest stand. Yeah, he's the longest. The guy before him, you know, he came in because we had some shows to do, and he ended up staying with us for seven years, you know? It's not bad. No, not bad Alex. at all. Bad. Alex, yeah. Great guy. Got married, had a kid. You know, his life changed. You know, when we met him, he was in his. In his twenties, you know, and of course, seven years. You met a girl, you get married, this and that, and you know, you get a good job. Hey, you know, you go do what you got to do, buddy. Here, here's here's a funny story about that. Uh, um, it took it took Sherman about I don't know maybe two years to quit calling Jason Alex. Oh yeah. <laughs> he's not he's not kidding. We I remember we being we were in El Paso doing a show, and I said, "You ready, Alex?" And I, in the back, I hear it. It's Jason. Oh fuck! So, it's Jason. I'm not looking. You're behind me. I'm not. You know, get used um, to certain things. Now another another question I have with you guys too is when being approached by labels and whatnot. How do you how do you like to have the deal worked out? Meaning, do you like the the split when it comes to like, you know, we hey we want to release your record. Okay, well this is what we're kind of looking for, and and this is what the labels this is what the labels looking for, and you guys want to own your rights to your masters or how does how do you guys like? We're a different approach completely. It, 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 see this guy show your shirt real yeah, quick. Yeah, so it's it's different with us because we're not going to sell a, a you know a million records. buried alive records. Buried alive records. A friend of ours out of Houston, Texas. It Billy was Robert over the phone. Handshake, wink, wink. He t- we we sent him the material, uh, yeah, the music, and do what you're gonna. D- you do what you're gonna do. You go over there, and we're gonna stay over here. Yeah, we were kind of like that, you know. I would say, probably to our 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 detriment is we value friendship 
over money, success, whatever. And we've probably made a lot of dumb mistakes because of that, because we value the humans in our life that we've, that we've, you know, over the years that we still, the first gig we ever had in Houston, Texas, we still are good friends with the first two guys that came up to us and talked to us. We still today have mutual respect for each other. If you say you're going to do something, one just of them, do it. One you know? of them. If you was say the you're guy make that us put patches, out this record for us, and we say, "Okay, can you make the logo green? Can you do that?" And not sent us a, a one large pat that that's you know orange. You, yeah, you got to put your faith in people and hope that they don't take advantage of you. And and you know, we've probably been taken advantage of, but that's okay. It's okay. We're 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 fine. But it'll you know? be one time only, and then that's the end of that. Right. right. Yeah. No, we don't. Uh, we don't mess around with you too much if you're if you're not genuine. You know, because we we're, we're genuine. This is what you're gonna get. If you see us on the street, this is who we are, you know. Now, where in the world have you guys found your the most rabid, loyal insecticide fans are? Where, where in the world would would that be? If I most if, bands will probably say the same thing. Texas is yeah. real great. Yeah, you know, real sounds great. like Mexico was sounds something. Like Mexico that. was unbelievable. They well, lined we, up down we, the block. The place was yeah. packed. You, 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 you had the same experience in Mexico. You guys yeah. did. Where'd you go, Mexico? Yeah, on a Great. four inch stage. Oh, you know, freaking play on a plow. We, we did. We did Tecate, Mexico, with no stage. Um, it was we were in like these two little trenches, and they had these little amps on about on chairs. They were like little Fender champs or whatever. And they were on chairs. In Mexico, they, 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 didn't, the they didn't really pit as much as they were. But wasn't it great though? If from behind, you just got railroaded. Yeah. Yeah. That was their way of but wasn't it? Wasn't moshing. it fantastic? It doesn't matter. It's it just pretty bitching. It was like ninety-eight degrees at about one thirty in the morning too, wasn't it? <laughs> no, that was in the venue. <laughs> Outside, it was like a hundred and oh yeah, they had a little bit of air conditioning. No, it was balmy, <laughs> balmy, balmy. It was it was colder in the venue than it was. I don't remember anything cold outside. <laughs> yeah, well, it was a hundred outside and like or hundred ten outside, hundred in in the venue. The taxi so, driver shirt- didn't we- even know where he was taking us. I'm like, there's some problems going to Bra- happen. Bra- brought to you by Miller High Life. Right. Anyway, um, what so a great though to be able to play in Mexico and say you played there or or Canada, which we've done and. Yeah, it's just really great. The fans out in Mexico are completely different than states fans. Oh, by far. Be, and, and where I'm going Rabbit. with this is life. That's their life. Out there, they get a show maybe once every right. six, seven months. That's what it is. Out right here, right. we get it every week, every day. There's someone pl- tonight's Friday. There's three shows happening. Yeah, you know, you can't, you, you can't wait, afford wait to, date to go this, to all. But thank you for yeah. that. <laughs> wait to date this. We're it, saturated, and it is. It's Friday. Oh. So my my point is, is I think they they value shows out there a heck of a lot more, and it's and especially if you're playing like a heavier style of metal, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of rabid metal fans out there. It doesn't matter what the band sounds like; they're they're coming at like one o'clock in the morning. Hispanics love their metal, and there were people that could afford and wanted to buy your merch and Mm -hmm. stuff because you were there. But I remember specifically; I don't know if Tanner remembers this, but there was somebody that wanted to buy. Like a shirt or something for the van, and and uh, they only had two dollars yeah, or whatever. Tanner gave him the shirt. You got to oh, do it. Nice. You got to do it because that. in the long run, somebody down in, you know, in Mexico is wearing your shirt, and other people will see it, and that's all it, yeah. you really need. It's really free advertisement. I want to, <clears throat> yeah, but okay. it's also good. That says something about the like the, the people in the band and stuff. Oh, like yeah. Mojo, are, it's good. It's yeah, good. It's yeah. good. It's just good. That you're gonna say they wanted to buy Tanner. <laughs> well, what what I was told was. <laughs> They that was a good one. spend all their money on 
getting into the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they don't have money for the merch. That's why I brought. Not only that, transportation. They some of those people will be on a bus, a train, a taxi yeah. for three hours yeah. and or all walk, day and just walk. to get there and walk. Yeah. We were supposed to do Mexico City, but there was um, a major thing with. Juarez and other shit like going on cartel in Mexico stuff. City. Yeah, yeah. And the show that <laughs> was supposed to happen that we got all our visas and stuff for didn't end up happening. No, it didn't. I, I can't remember what for. But again, going so Texas and and Mexico. Have you seen a lot more um, Brazil fans or European fans for insecticide? Do you ever get hit up for that? He he does. I'm not a tech savvy person. I don't even have a computer. Give me takes care of all that. We've got we've got. A, there's a lot of people scattered like in. Uh, Central South America that know insecticide have the demo. Uh, they know they were never going to get down there, but they they just I think that they just feel like they're special because they have this little cassette tape, you know, which, which they probably have already put on a CD just in case. And they put the they don't probably even play the tape anymore. They put it away. These guys are collectors, and they have they have shoe boxes full of probably have the first uh legacy before they, before they were testament they probably have like a demo you know these guys are collectors man and they're serious as a heart attack now i i want to change gear i want to shift gears here change topics and, and just ask you both this uh separately individually speaking is is there a specific person that that has made a tremendous impact in your life that's maybe not a musician or or like where i'm going with is like like a like a Dennis Berman, right? He's a sound man, but he's had t- tons of rich history in our community that maybe nobody knows of, but he, he's made a, somewhat of a, a big impact on on your life. Is there? Do you have somebody like that in that you can kind of share with us and bring it more towards the light and document it? Does Jesus count? Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I was going to say... Um, Very deep. That's a joke. That's a joke. I was, I was going to say, um, um, I just want to thank Jesus Christ. Uh, from Mexico? Thing. Jesus yeah. from Mexico. <laughs> That'd be Jesus. <laughs> no, you know, um, we've met people throughout the course of our lives, because we had, we had lives before Insecticide, because we, you know, we were doing those other bands with crappy-ass names and whatnot, and that, that's the crappiest of them all. But, yeah, we, we mentioned The Wizard. We've known The Wizard a long time. Dennis Berman, dear friend of mine. Yeah, I... Towards the end, of it, he became like a surrogate father to me. Um, uh, people that we met along the way, you know, we have a, a, a good friend who's a DJ from Texas. Uh, I, I was able to uh, speak with him when he was in the hospital a couple times. He always made it a point to come to our shows. Uh, there was one show that he came to, and he just had a kid, so he came with his newborn baby, and he stood outside and wow. went out and hung out with him. He's passed away. You know, those are the type of people. And, and those, those are lasting friendships, but... They're in the metal scene. They're in the community. You know, they're uh, they're noteworthy people. They're, they're, Does that answer? The, I don't know. Did these, I these guys, the question? No, no. Yeah, yeah. The, the, these guys are uh, these guys are salt of the earth, tried and true. Music is their life, and his name was Wes Weaver. He deserves to have a name to be have his name said. But absolutely, I'm sorry. Um, but he's uh these these are guys that that lived it. You know, they live and breathe. Eat, drink, shit, sleep, metal. Yeah, like like Wes was Wes was probably you if if you if you came up to him and you said, "Hey man, listen to my band, we're death metal," and if he listens to it and says, "That's not death metal," he's gonna tell you, "That's not death metal. This is death metal." He was serious at a heart attack. If that's not fucking what I think real death metal is, he will 
literally throw the tape at you and say, no, that's not death metal. And I mean, Wes this guy was, was serious. A, he was not a musician. Yes, he no, was he was. He, he was. was. Okay. Yes, but he was. Dive, we dive met him. Like, uh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Blasphemian. We We met him at KPFT. He was just a DJ. A DJ. Okay. And there's a video. <laughs> we don't know where it is, but it's floating around. Sherman and I both had leather jackets with no shirts on, right? About 110 degrees. And we were both like. That is so sexy. We were just itching the whole yeah, time. We were just like, it was hot. But we, was, wouldn't, we wouldn't take those jackets off because we were metal. And so, I, I think I was scratching my ringworm. Gross is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> Sherman's probably went the longest out of all of us not showering on the road. What, what is an aspect around, especially here in, in L.A., Orange County area, that, that made a significant impact on you in the 80s that hasn't been documented? I, I'm always trying to find those nooks and crannies. Yeah. You're talking like uh, like 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 personal people in our lives, or well, not only that, but venues like again, oh, watching the Wally George stuff. Oh like, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, Wally like George. That. He was in Orange County. Um, I got served by Wally George. Uh, Woodstock, Woodstock Club. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you guys. That was kind of a Stanton. I think it was Stanton, California, or, or it's like on the down the edge of Santa Garden Grove. I grew up right there, so Jez- I, yeah, I could Jezebel's. walk. Yeah, yeah, Jezebel's. I could walk to the Woodstock. Woodstock is where. A lot of the bands that we love and respect today played in the '80s when there were nobodies. You know, uh, uh, Dante's Fox, which ended up being uh, Great White, um, uh, Striper. I saw Great White with like five yeah. people. Yeah, at, yeah. At, uh, at, at the Woodstock. At Woodstock. Yeah, yeah. Anaheim. Yeah. It was, no, it wasn't Anaheim. Yeah, it was, Anaheim. It was, it was I, but it was right there. Yeah, yeah. like I, Garden Grove area. Right. Also, Stanton, was right off Beach yeah. Boulevard. Gimme yeah. mentioned the Anti Club, and we were uh, I don't know maybe about uh, nine years ago. We took a trip, and we were out at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and we were going through the. They had a little metal section, and inside the metal casing that they had, like the Dave Elson's uh, bass and some other stuff, there was a flyer in there from the Anti Club. Wow. It's like, oh, wow. I was actually the bartender at the Anti-Club for a year. Is that right? Yeah. I was there. Uh, we did a one Wednesday night show. I did not know was, that. Can you believe that? I did not know that. That I was a bartender? No, nope. I did not know that. Because you, you have to do his own thing at that yeah. time. Those times, uh, him and I didn't see each other for years. Two years. Yeah. I mean, you know, three years. But uh, I was working at the Anti-Club one night. And, and we uh, never the, said, we never. We never ever, ended the band. No, it was never. You go do your thing, thing, I'll do my yeah. thing, and I'll see you when I see you. That's it's one of those things. Yeah. Um, and I w- w- it was a show at the Anti Club on a Wednesday night, and Naked Aggression played. Remember, Naked Aggression was on mm-hmm. Volume Three of the uh, uh, Massacre. Uh, no, the uh, uh, Decline of the Western Civilization. Oh, yeah. the, the street okay. punk. We played players. again with them later at the Crest in Torrance. That was uh, that was just aggression. Okay, oh, so the Woodstock Anti Anti Club. I'm always just searching for those nooks and crannies that I haven't. Document yeah. out here, so I was just curious if there's well, the anti club, and is, everyone knows the Chuck, Chuck Landis's country club. But you look at those nooks and crannies. I, I, I can't think of anything off, off the top of my head, but we'll uh, we'll, we'll get to it. I, hey, uh, give me an eye. Before you know, we were looking for bandmates, and I was on guitar. We were going out looking for drums. We went to this gig one night, and I think it was at Radio City, one of those places down there. It was in a strip mall, and this band called War God was playing. Gene Hoagland, before he was in Dark Angel, was the drummer. And Gene came. You know, Gene's a big guy. Big guy. And he came. He came in, and he sat down on the drums. And the guys looked at him, and he looked at them. And he says, "Are you ready?" And they said yes. And he clicked it off. I remember telling him, "He's like, man, we get that guy. We'll be good." Yeah. You know? It's like, <laughs> oh, oh, that dude's fucking right. You know, some drummers go. Through, they're not even paying attention. He got the band's attention, and he asked them, "Are you ready?" It's like, wow. Was Michelle something so, something so simple? Was Michelle Meldrum? Yes, more God. Yeah. yeah. Remember she, Michelle Meldrum? She had uh, Meldrum was it for a while, but she, she also Phantom Blue. Or Phantom Blue like was a, like a female battle. She's passed she, away since then. She she passed away, but she, in my opinion, 
you got all these great, great musicians that are female now. It's actually a, really a great uh, time for females at this point. But Michelle did it first. Originators. Yeah. yeah, she could play. She could outplay anybody in the room, any room she was in. She could outplay you. That's how good she was. And I, I knew about her, and we had talked to her in, in at a club. And I saw her on a, at a bus stop one time on Hawthorne Boulevard. I pulled up and picked her up because she looked kind of cute. Around this time, how influential was getting on a Metal Massacre or something of that caliber? That was those, it. Those things were huge. That was everything. That's was what everything. you aspire to, you know? Things were just so different back then. You weren't going to get on Metal Massacre, yeah. trust me. Like, we were never going to even... Uh, we got asked to be on uh, Thrash Attack 2 on New Renaissance Records, and when we... I guess we made some demands on them. We said it's a we, poor man's metal, metal blade. We wanted to be the f- opening track on side A or the closing track on side B. And, you know, this goes to our cloud. Guess what we got? We got neither. <laughs> but they put us song, song one on side B, which we didn't even think about. Which know? was great. You know, Who was this one more time? Excuse new me? Renaissance Records. Renaissance? Uh, new, new Renaissance. Well, it was uh, the uh, was uh, compilation. Uh, what, yeah, what's her name from Hellion? Anne Boleyn's Anne Boleyn. record label. Okay, all female ran New Renaissance Records. Yeah, New Renaissance that's Records. the album. That's the label that we got signed to, but they never put the album out. And then they were, it says the album never released. Yeah, they put more effort into like not putting the F- Sepul- album out. Sepultura. Sepultura's was first album on was New on. Renaissance Records. Yeah. yeah, the first album. Interesting. Now, now, lastly, I want to thank you guys for having the show here and, and talking shop with us. Today. That's been absolutely wonderful, badass. Um, I, I'm generally curious what's next in terms of flash lightning. Uh, of uh, <laughs> the cops are coming. Yeah. In, oh, in, terms of, uh, of what, right? in terms of what, in terms of what, now the cops are coming. Kicking us out. <laughs> no. Never. In terms of what insecticide has coming up, as far as new material. Again, mm-hmm. I know with your current condition, Gimme, but you have a lot of stuff in the vault. Is there any way of getting a new record out at this point in your guys' career? We 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 want to do. We want to do a song or a couple songs with uh, with um, with um, God, Bill Mentor. We Mentoyer. actually started working on some riffs. You know, his arms hurt. He's interested. Then, so. We're interested. We want, we would love to do that. And I want my my uh, my my the thing that changed me after all of once we were knee deep in it, and him and I were doing a Sherman and I were doing the thing that you know Slayer. Un- unbelievable. I mean, you're never going to be another Slayer in the world. But the the EP, um, um, help me out. Haunting the Chapel. Haunting the Chapel. So Haunting the Chapel changed me forever. I something about that ta- the tone on that album. I want to put out in our own minds our Haunting the Chapel. So I want to do a five song EP with Matoyer, but this is going to be a lot of work for Sherman and I because we got to. It's going to take time, and Jason's going to have to be on board with it. But I want to put out a, a, a five songs of just fucking brutal. You know what you're going to get from and, us. And I'm not. I'm not going to give you what you want. I'm going to give you what we want. If right. you don't like it, doesn't really That's matter. You weren't. You weren't on board in the first place. Doesn't matter. And hopefully Alex will be on board for this too. You know. So yeah. yeah. Alex, Alex. How, how easy is it to Alex, get this done through Bill Matoyer? I mean, I think it's going to be real easy. He's willing. You know, he's he's a he's a guy that makes his living, so he's going to need to get paid, mm-hmm. which is absolutely fine. Um, but we need to go in there prepared. He loved 
what we did at the uh, at the uh, um, God, I'm so bad Hood with got that. Talent. Got yeah, Hood got talent. He he loved what we did. We love what he did. We know that he's going to be amazing. He's he's done. He's worked with like really all the greats of metal. Right. Yeah. Right, so. Hey, I don't know if we're, if we're coming to a close. We are, we are coming okay. to a close. So I want to thank you guys again for coming on the show. Uh, where's the best place to uh, support the band? And, of course, Sideshow Studios, yeah. we need to give it a before, before, before we give you three, that, two, four. we wanted to give you this. Oh, my god. This gosh. is the album from Buried Alive Records. Oh, my god. Awesome. Wearing the shirt right here. I love it. That's Billy Robert. Go on Instagram. Buried alive, buried, 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 buried alive records. Uh, wow. Celebrate that. We will light the uh, insecticide candle. I right. love it. Right. Here we go. Here we go, Sherman. Keep. Here we go, Sherman. Here we keep going. Fireworks. 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 I will go ahead and drink our insecticider in my insecticide cup. That is outstanding. <laughs> that is outstanding. Where is Gene Simmons I'm when you have need to him? Pull that out from my. Insecticide cooler. <laughs> what? <laughs> All right. You know, I, I wanted to talk real quick about this banner, real quick. Uh, you know, it, it's been with us for a long. I was long, just about to ask time. that. Yeah. And uh, you know, it's made with spray paint, an old sheet, this and that, nothing major. But this is the true story. And Gimme will attest to this. So, I think we we're up in Fresno or something like that. And you know, a lot of times you know, you're so pressed for time and you don't have uh, time to do things. And we're getting ready to play. And the sound man goes, okay, all the way from Los Angeles, please welcome to the stage. And he's all, he's all, please welcome Bud Light. So that's why we made this banner. <laughs> <laughs> he said it. I love it. So. That band plays a lot there, probably. Yeah, all right. So. Almost every night. <laughs> just just, to, just before, you, before you sign us out and, and uh, kick us out of our own place, um, we may have to do one. We may have to do another one of these because we're not name droppers, but Sherman and I have hundreds of stories of us and other well-known people in the world of music. Well, tonight was kind of about us, right. you know. But we 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 could probably do another hour we on love, that. We alone. love talking yeah. to you guys. Yeah, yeah. I so mean, we, we can, Yeah, we, but again, this was I was trying to my ultimate goal for tonight was just to kind of group all of our of your guys's history, not us per se, but mm-hmm. just group your guys's history and document it cuz again, I've been trying for I'm not even going to the elusive. It. I'm not even going to like sugarcoat this. I've been trying for months, if not a year, just to interview. Yeah, you Gimme. Have. You so have. we mean, talked about it at that one here. Yeah, at that, at that. But uh, it never happened you know. until today. So I want to thank you guys. Nailed for, it for for hey. giving us a few minutes of your time. No, wait, wait, so we were just a, you have a lot of gimme? all my what, minutes. What is what is he doing here? Yeah, what yeah. is he doing here? Well, and Sherman, of course, looking in the shadows. I, I love the fact though that he says I'm going to drink my insecticider out of my cup, but he doesn't pour it in his cup. So <laughs> he, he tried. Wait, wait, nobody has to know that. Hey, wait a minute. What is that? Hey, I got a quick story, quick because uh, yeah, um, this goes back to when Gimme and I were you know we we're two guitar players looking to form a band. So we need a drummer, we need a bass player, and we need a singer. So. We had a drummer at this one time, and he was. Remember the band, the Weasels. Yes. Okay. Hit, hit him with the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Make her, make her pay for her mistake. Yeah. <laughs> he was our drummer. Yeah. So wow. we had a singer. Call him Buzz. Yeah. Jim. And Jim. We're auditioning bass players. So this bass player walked in, right? Long trench coat, long hair, and we're all wow, you know. And the name of his band was spray painted on his case. And we're all wow, look at that, right? Wow, we're like, wow. Yeah, cool. We can't be in the same room with this guy. Yeah, so the guy gets on his bass and he starts noodling around. Roman was like, wow, that guy's really good. So he's like, hey man, go show him the song. So you know, we have songs, right? So I go over there, hey man, here's the song. And I'm like, this is how it goes. You know, you know, that's the riff, right? He's like, oh, okay, all right. So you tell Buzz, you know, 
hey man, hit it. So he he starts a song, and we start playing, and you know, back then everyone wanted to be Steve Harris yeah. and be this bass player. That's not everyone. what we wanted to do. We wanted to be a solid power metal band, but not power metal, that, that, you know, power fury. So the guy starts playing, he's like, and we're all like looking at each other, right? We, hey, hold on here, hold on here, right? And I go back to him, I said, hey, dude, those were, that was really good. I go, but the song goes like this. Right? He's oh, yeah, 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 I got it, I got it. We're, okay, cool. All right, well, let's hit it, right? Drummer for the weasels. He goes into it, we kick the song. What happens? Stop, right? And I walk up to him, you know, everyone knows me, I'm not the tallest dude in town, right? I got to look up at this guy. Shocking. I got to look up at this guy, and I said, hey, the song goes like this. (laughs) The guy doesn't even look at me. He's looking up at at the the ceiling, right? And he he says under his breath, but I can hear him. He's all, I know everything. I guess I blocked out, but Gimme told me that I told the guy, like, without skipping a beat, do you know you're not in this band? Yeah, he just and then he just walked out. He, was, <laughs> he he loaded up his gear and he moved to Beverly. Ingve uh-huh. on bass guitar for yeah, guitar, yeah, one yeah, song yeah. maybe. Yeah, I know you're going to sign off. I just want to thank you guys for doing this. Thank you. Uh, this so is much. great. Yes. Yes. very humbling. Yeah. I appreciate it. But uh, I I really I really think we only scratch the surface, so we're going to have to do this again. Yeah. We usually do on this show. Dude, maybe we'll have that EP he, out. We've been squawking about. He says scratch the surface. I say scratch the balls. I told you, man, why he was so popular in high school. Yeah. I would love to hear uh, about progress the next time we get together and see yeah. how you guys have done. So, I, obviously, as forty years has, yeah, proven another five time. Fine. We can do another. Five. Yeah, time is a factor, but hopefully, in time, you guys will have some stuff. To in all honesty, I don't know when we're going to meet next, but uh, probably not much. <laughs> probably not. <laughs> I'm no, I, I I hope I'm wrong. I hope I can say here's our new EP. And Bill Montoya was on it. These were the riffs that we were noodling around with, and yeah. we found time. You're not wrong, for sure. You're not wrong, but you're definitely not right. We now. we, we <laughs> want that for you guys. Yeah. So we want thank that you, to happen. Well, for thank you. you. Oh, you know what? Uh, real quickly, real quickly, they uh, might have to come to Las Vegas and rehearse in a rehearse hall there. Then I'm else. then I'm there. Uh, you know they're making a documentary about us. Yes. No. So there's, okay. There's one thing that that's taken a lot. Oh, of by time. The, we've already done interviews. And things we have been called the poor man's anvil. By the way. Yeah, it, you know, it's not even a, really a story about the band. It, it's, uh, it's, it's it's it's, it's about from friendship. our buddy uh, Mike Trujillo out of Albuquerque. Uh, he's doing a, a five segments called Behind Behind the Noise. Uh, he's doing one with uh, he wants to get Juan Garcia from Agent Steel. He's doing somebody else. Uh, he's been recently talking to Bill Montoya, so he's going to do the Bill Montoya. Gene might even Gene. Yeah, he might even do Gene. Yeah. But he's chosen us, and we're going to be the uh, That's you great. know the um, inaugural one. But um, but like Gimme was saying, it, it's not even really about the band. It's just about Two kids who met, ha- had a vision, pursued that vision, became friends, and, and over the course of life, things happen. You know, married kids, grandkids, mortgages, the life, life take precedent. Uh, you got to pay the bills. Uh, but you know, almost forty years, we still play songs from the eighties. We still play songs from the nineties. You know, we, we write some new ones, and you know, we still uh, play uh, the uh, first song we ever wrote. Yeah. Really, uh, you know, it, it's it's changed several times, but it's the same tune. Well, we look forward to when that well, comes out. You yeah. know, we gotta we gotta come back here, yeah, yeah. And either play the movie or play it after the interview. Which oh, that'd be great! So. Yeah, yeah. But Mr. Sherman Jones, Mr. Gimme, I want to thank you again for having me and pops, me and Dad oh, no, here, fantastic at your uh, humble abode and all the hospitality. So. Thank you guys. What a great night! What a great Security's night. Security's here. They're this is how they kick us. Out. Out. I, actually, I am security. Oh yeah, I, I just want to I just want to tell you guys how lucky, lucky you are that I showed up. <laughs> 
And with that note, we're out of here, guys. Good night. Cheers. <laughs>